Good afternoon, you are listening to Resonance 104.4 FM and this is Art Then and Now with me, your host, Anna Gammons. This is the show where we explore art from the past and art from the present to understand how we as humans have expressed ourselves throughout time. Our theme this week is cityscapes and I will be speaking to the incredibly talented artist Samantha Ellis about her colourful and vibrant cityscapes. But before that, I want you to imagine that you are sailing down the Grand Canal in Venice while I tell you a little bit about one of the most famous cityscape artists from history, Italian painter Canaletto. I doubt there is anyone out there in the art world or not that would be completely unfamiliar with Canaletto's work. You may not know who the artist is at first glance, but I guarantee that you've come across his highly detailed and compositionally tight cityscapes of Venice's Grand Canal and other cities too at some point or another. He is most famous for his cityscapes of Venice, but he has also frequently painted Rome and London, which I'm going to talk a little about too. So who was Mr. Canaletto. Well, for a start, his name wasn't really Canaletto. He was born in 1697 to the family of the Canals. And he was originally born as Giovanni Antonio Canal and was the son, as I said, of the merchant's canal. Um, And it was a very appropriate name for someone who paints canals, if you ask me. But he was then given the name Canaletto, which translates as Little Canal, which I thought was really cute as he is the offspring of the canal. So he is therefore Little Canal. So that is how Canaletto came around. Not to be confused with cannelloni. Now, I say that um, because uh, cannelloni is a glorious pasta also from Italy. And up until a really embarrassing age, I actually still, I kept getting them confused. Um, And I remember I was at a family wedding and I was trying to sound really, really witty um, when I started describing the geometric precision and earthy tones of the Italian pasta. So do not confuse it with cannelloni. Cannelloni, pasta, cannelletto artist. You probably don't have the same problem I do, but I thought I would share that story with you. Um, Canaletto began his career as a scenic painter of everyday life in Italy and after completing various apprenticeships he returned to Rome in 1723 where he started the well-known topographical style that we recognise. I'm talking about those rigid lines and it's very structural forms of Venice. A lot of his work was completed plein air which if you remember my impressionist episode means outside or with nature. So that kind of accounts for the incredible detail and accuracy of his work because he is literally sitting in front of it while he's painting. He remains mostly true to the city itself in his works and he made sure to include details such as the rise in water levels in winter which kind of affected um, how he was recording the city in his images. So everything's kind of changing with the seasons and he is very detailed in picking all of that up. Um, But despite the hundreds of paintings that Canaletto did up until his death in 1768, it is still his earlier works that are the most sought after. 
The Stonemason's Yard is a very intimate painting of Venice which hangs in the National Gallery. I'm going to talk a little bit more in detail about it in a second, but it was painted in 1725 and it's often revered as one of his best works. But it was later that these kind of more grander scenes of the Grand Canal in Venice and the Doge's Palace came about. So, well, why Venice? This is a question that many have kind of thought, you know, there's so many pictures of Venice. What's the kind of intrigue there? But at the time in the 1700s, it it was where Canaletto was born, but it was also the centre for commerce in much of Europe. The wide canals made it the perfect trade route. Um, And so although we kind of look at much of Canaletto's work as sort of a fragment of a historical narrative, these works were actually capturing the very, very modern economic developments of the time. So it's a kind of modern commercial scene that's developing in front of the backdrop of these stunning medieval Italian buildings. And I think that must have been so tempting for an artist in the same way that we love London for its kind of blending of modern culture and historical architecture of our own time. So Why so many pictures of Venice? Well, I've answered that in some ways. There is another answer to that question, and that is because Venice was also a very popular destination for wealthy Brits on the grand tour of Europe. Now, this was essentially a trip around Europe taken by upper class men when they came of age around 21, and it gave them a chance to see the kind of roots of classical culture. And it was essentially massively, uh, his work was massively popularised by these wealthier classes that they were kind of wanted a souvenir to take back with them of their gap year, as it were. Um, But things kind of took a bit of a turn in 1740 when the War of Austrian Secession meant that there was less tourism in Venice. So Canaletto followed his market to London, where he continued to sell many, many of his beautiful paintings of Venice, as well as paint other images of Westminster Bridge as well. So I remember a couple of years ago, I was visiting Woburn Abbey and Woburn Abbey is a humongous historic house near Buckinghamshire. You think it must be some sort of royal residence, but it's actually a private house owned by a family. Um, It's somewhere that I'd gone so much as a child and I was so excited to show my boyfriend at the time where we walked into a room that was filled head to toe in Venetian cityscapes. And I made a joke that they couldn't have possibly been Canalettos. Thank goodness I didn't say Canaloni, that would have been very uncomfortable, Um, as it would have been one of the most valuable rooms in Britain because it literally was covered in these beautiful paintings. But to my shock and delight, one of the staff came over and told me that they were indeed the biggest private collection of Canaletto works in the world. There were 24 pieces in this little dining room area and I could not believe it. They were acquired by Lord John Russell, who became the fourth Duke of Bedfordshire whilst he was on his grand tour in 17. It was absolutely wonderful to see them so close up in such a domestic scene. Um, So the Stonemason's Yard, I mentioned this piece earlier. The National Gallery in London boasts a large collection of Canaletto's works. And this is one of the most famous. Um, And as as I mentioned earlier, it was painted in 1725. It has very, very typical elements of Canaletto in it, but it feels a bit mysterious. And the reason for this is because we nobody knows why it was painted and for whom it was painted for. 
It also has a totally different feel to it than a lot of his other works. It's not kind of a glorious scene of festivities or the palace. It sort of feels more intimate. Um, there's a bell tower and there's kind of a mother and child. There's stone workers um, in the square. It's sort of a very humble domestic scene that sort of lacks the grandness of his other works. But it does have a real warmth to it that is kind of informed by these earthy tones that he uses um, in the buildings. Now, my interpretation of this was that Canaletto kind of connected to the more charming and intimate scenes um, and clearly enjoyed painting them because this piece is much bigger than many of his other works. But I suspect that he probably realised that these weren't going to be the money makers for him. And in fact, he had to keep painting these kind of grand vistas of Venice to fund himself. So this is maybe an example of what he personally enjoyed painting as an artist, as opposed to what was kind of more commercial at the time. But one of my favourite pieces, I'm a little ashamed to say, is one of his very commercial sort of picturesque, uh, chocolate boxy perfect images of the Grand Canal. Uh, But I do love it. It was painted in 1730 and it's called The Entry entrance to the Grand Canal Venice. It's very much the archetypal image of Canaletto. Um, it's got the Basilica de Santa Maria del Salute, uh, which in Venice uh, is kind of many of the iconic gondolas as well. Um, and for me, the reason I love it so much is because that rounded shaped top of the Basilica provides a really lovely contrast to the sort of rigid and more geometric lines of the buildings on either side of the canal. And there's something about that dome which sort of breaks up the composition and sort of gives it a more rounded sense of rhythm. And I love that. Um, Also, the reflections of the water are breathtaking. Each individual building is reflected so acutely in the very, very realistic water. And the colours are also stunning as well. I love brighter colours. I'm sure I've mentioned uh, (laughs) many, many times. But the colours in this painting, although quite muted, you've got this sort of baby blue sky, which is offset by these kind of warmer tones in the architecture those kind of reds and then you've almost got this kind of there's the bright red hats that are also bringing out those reds as well then you've got the yellow kind of the, of the buildings with those reds and then of course the sort of emerald water below and together they just look so stunning they're, they're sort of typical um, of what you might see if you went there but they are absolutely stunning Canaletto cityscapes sort of have an energy to them in my opinion that I reckon should be in all cityscapes to really capture that buzz Uh, The beauty of kind of the old excitement and the new comes together in such exquisite detail in his paintings. You could stare at them for hours. And next time you're at the National Gallery, you absolutely should. Good afternoon, you are listening to Resonance 104.4 FM and this is Art Then and Now. I hope you enjoyed my little uh, endeavour into the works of Canaletto. It is now time for my interview with the incredibly talented artist Samantha Ellis. Her fun and vibrant take on traditional cityscapes has made her a roaring success and it was an incredible pleasure to speak to her. Here's Sam. De Montford Fine Art. Hello. Hi, Sam. Hello. <laughs> um, so we know each other from school. We go way back. Um, and Long time ago. <laughs> yes. Where we both used to be very arty and also know about each other through the fact that we were both very <laughs> arty. <laughs> Let's start with a little bit about how you became an artist. Did you have any formal training? What's the story? So I sort of <clears throat> always loved art throughout school. Um, I had great teachers and they sort of taught me and 
push me to sort of try new things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, after school, I then went to sixth form college to do, um, uh, you know, arty bits and bobs there yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. And then I did went on to do an art foundation course in order to get me to university. Mm-hmm. Um, but sort of through doing that, I then realised maybe actually it wasn't for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I sort of didn't really want to be taught it anymore, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and then realised university isn't for me. Um, yeah. And then decided to sort of go it alone, mm. and then luckily was picked up by my publisher. So yeah. that's sort of where it all began. Really, Amazing! I, I know, I know what you mean. Like sometimes you sometimes like it can be good to learn some formal skills, but if you've that's got it. those skills already and you just want to be liberated a bit more and be yeah, like, oh, okay, and, and be okay. you as well, do what totally. you want to do, and, and filling the curriculum. Yeah, I totally it. agree with that's that. It. Um, did you did you always want to be an artist? I I did mm. always want to be an artist, but. It's one of those things that I just never thought would be possible. <clears throat> yes. Um, and actually, my parents were more pushing me to do um, languages because it's quite it's it oh, is difficult to make a career out of art. Oh, totally. So they sort of were pushing me towards languages. I'm like, relatively good at it, but I wasn't. Yeah, yeah sort of that side of things, mm-hmm. which I do get. Um, and it wasn't until Adam, my husband, came along mm-hmm. who went why on earth are you doing languages when actually you're good at art, you love art, why yeah. don't you pursue that? Oh, that's and lovely. Yeah, and it was probably mainly down, down to him, really, that, um, you know, I... That you I gave the confidence to Exactly, kind of yeah. So when someone on the outside comes in and is like, no, this is really great. Like, yeah, it, I, I just didn't... Just yeah, that. I almost maybe didn't have the confidence and I was sort totally. of like, oh, no, I don't, I don't really yeah. you know, need to do that. But yeah. he, he said, go and do that, yeah. pursue what you want to do. Mm. And because of that, yeah, I, I did. And uh, thank goodness I listened to him, really. So I do sort of owe owe quite a lot of it to him, I suppose. Absolutely. That's so lovely that you... And and now you're married to the person that was so encouraging to you. Like, that's such a wonderful relationship. (laughs) But also, like, I I totally get that feeling that it is daunting. Like, you're like... This is like being wanting to be an actress. Like, it it feels so out of your grasp. Yeah, it does feel a bit impossible. And you don't know what the rules are. Like, you're you're like, this is a career where... If you want to be a lawyer, you do all... There's a structure Mm. to it. You know where you're going. It's like, you do one thing and then you do another thing. You artist, you're like... Well, that world feels so big and I don't know how to even approach it. So totally get that. So um, we're going to be talking a little bit about your cityscape. Sam does a variety of beautiful paintings, but we're going to concentrate on cityscapes because I just feel like they're so vibrant, so wonderful, and they represent you so well. So that's what we're going to be mainly talking about. Um, Who have been your professional influences over the years? Or have you just organically been amazing and not eating anything? I don't... I don't really have any. Um, I'm more sort of influenced by like, what's around me and just yes. the one, the wanting to paint really. Mm-hmm. So there's not. I love artists that have got a lot of colour in their work because um, yes. I yeah. do love colour. But I wouldn't say there's sort of any particular mm. influence. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally feel that. I um I'm more influenced by London than other. That's like, it. Yeah, what I see and yeah, I totally, totally, yeah. totally. So did you go to museums and stuff when you were younger, or were you just like? Oh, I did. So I hated I, museums. I, I did a bit, um, <laughs> but I'd say that's probably more something I enjoy doing now because when yes. you're younger, you're just oh like, God, yeah, you just don't care. I, know. I never thought <laughs> I'd enjoy going to a gallery ever. No, but now you can appreciate it a lot more. I totally. think. As I said, we're talking about your cityscapes, which are phenomenal. Um, how did you come to paint cityscapes and, and this kind of style of work? Um, well, it sort of started off with me painting London, and it was mm-hmm. really due to having really fond memories. When uh, I was younger, I used to go there with my family, and they would make a big thing of it. We'd go to the theatre, we'd mm-hmm. have a meal. Um, and because of that, I've just got such lovely memories of London. Yeah. Um, so it's, totally it's sort of 
started with that really um, and then as I got older I sort of started to appreciate the architecture more mm-hmm. um, in buildings and then I branched out into different cities mm-hmm. um, but I do try and stick with iconic buildings if I can because you know, people just relate people, to them a lot yeah, more. Yeah they really do and you can tell where it is it's so hard to um, to get people to connect with something that they're not is that's not it that's exactly that it yeah so it sort of stemmed from that really and, and the childhood memories I suppose yeah. you know linked to London yeah. um, and now every time I paint London I just sort of think of Feels those familiar yeah, yeah exactly That's I think so of those lovely. memories so it is yeah. a bit of nostalgia for yeah. me I suppose to get into painting so it was it was kind of cityscapes that sort of started it was it yeah. For you. yeah it was okay. and then I went into um, introducing sort of taxis and buses and yes. then I went into vehicles did yeah. a little bit of um, work with you know, vehicles. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Your work, as I, you know, I've said, you've got these amazing, colourful skies and you've got these, as I said, like the, there's drips, there's splatters. It's so um, vibrant and exciting and there's so much energy in it and against these kind of detailed buildings and stuff like that. So what is your process? How do you even start? Do you kind of sketch or draw or... How does it work? So <laughs> I go straight onto canvas. Um, okay, I just want to get what is in my head <laughs> onto the canvas. Sure. Because I... I sort of feel if I sketched it all out first, it just it wouldn't be as natural to me. I just need to get what's in here out onto the canvas. Right. Um, okay, so okay, I sort of have okay. an idea of what I want it to look like. Um, I draw it out. Yeah. Choose the colour palette. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just get stuck into painting, really. And then the piping over the top comes last. Right. And then... So that's um, how you achieve that, those detailed build that the black, because it's like a easy yeah, feel to it. Yeah, so it's then... That's over the top. Um, and then the sort of dribbles and the splats, they come last. And that's the really fun bit. That's that it. looks like it's it fun. It is really good fun. <laughs> and, it, and it goes everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I, yeah. My room is destroyed. <laughs> that's how it should be, though. And also, it feels like when you look at your work, it feels like you've enjoyed doing it which I think is is such a lovely thing to have a piece of artwork that you know has been created with like yeah, so much joy like yeah it is good fun very much conveyed in the work <laughs> so how much are you painting what you're looking are you looking at photos or is it your imagination how does so a lot of my cityscape work now comes from my head um when I used to it, I, I yeah, yeah when I started off um painting them I I needed to work from images mm-hmm. um but now yeah. it just sort of comes naturally that it's, it's all in my head you now. know how to do yeah. it yeah whereas yeah. if i maybe if i did um a different city that's you, a different you'd need that reference I, yeah totally yeah. but yeah, yeah, london yeah. now um it, it's all in my head yeah, so yeah. i mean it, there is a degree of artistic license i would say there so <laughs> it's sort of my <laughs> interpretation of london yeah. so it's not going to be exact um, is it funny how some it's... people are like oh i don't think there'd be a bus that would yeah. go down that route and you're like <laughs> yeah. you've got to have a little bit of a exactly <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, so yeah. So your work is so colourful and vibrant. Is this kind of is this about your personality or a way to kind of reflect the city, that buzz of city life? What's the? Yeah, it is. Um, to a certain extent, it is to reflect the busyness of our everyday lives mm-hmm. now. You know, they are pretty mad now. Yes. Um, with all sort of the paints and the the dribble spats, I do try and get that across. But it's also yeah. um like you say, a bit of my personality in there mm-hmm. as well. I do try and put as much colour in there, like vibrancy, um, mm-hmm. because I do feel, it sounds so cliche, but I do feel it is 
a little bit of my personality totally. in, in a painting. So totally. it's part of, like it definitely is an extension of you in some ways. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. no. It's within the parameters of like what you're painting, it's a hundred percent. That's why it's so personal, isn't it? What is your favourite thing about painting cityscapes? I mean, you mentioned the fact that you love London and that's really important to you. I love looking at the detail in each building because I find that quite fascinating. And, and there's mm. so there is so much detail, which most totally. people admit on every day, you know, they're just passing it every day. Yeah. Yeah. wouldn't necessarily look at it mm -hmm. so it is lovely to be able to um, actually really study a building especially like Big Ben I always find like the clock yeah, is it's, so detailed it is really interesting and like the, <clears throat> the lines on Big Ben well, I could speak about Big Ben for ages but anyway. <laughs> I love Big Ben too no I absolutely but, love Big Ben um, too. but yeah it's also due to my childhood memories as well I do love uh, it, it does take me back there when I paint London mm -hmm. so from that point of view I, I love yeah you know that side of things Absolutely. as well um so yeah i'd say london is probably my favorite city to paint because yes. of those memories yeah yeah yeah. which other so you've done so london is like kind of the main one are there any other cities that have like resonated with you or that you've painted and that you kind of i i um painted venice a few months Ooh, ago and that, that was one. yeah it was huge it was 45 <laughs> 60 inch canvas and yeah it was a real challenge but I loved it because it was so different yeah. from anything that I've done before and so big as well. It was... Yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed painting yeah. Venice. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to give it a break until I try it again because it was so like yeah. so much emotion went into it and so much you know thought. But yes. um, now I've done it, it's almost like a bit of a challenge completed. Mm -hmm. So I did really enjoy totally. doing that one. When you do like a new size of canvas, that is absolutely can be really terrifying because really you have to totally adapt your whole like you have like almost you mentally um, measure out things on the canvas yeah. and you know like your brain knows the the lines and the forms and the structures and then you have to completely rework it for a big old yes, piece. It's totally. Quite handy. Yes. Um, but also, I, I remember the Venice piece you're talking about, and that feel like the 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 drips in your work would really work because of the reflections and yeah. Like that. But it was really hard to try and make sure I didn't go too drip <coughs> mad. Right. So sure. It was quite. Um, it Raiden. was. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So, okay, slow down, Sam. We don't yeah. need to go too crazy. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, got there in the end. So that one, I guess, yeah, you said that one's a little bit challenging because of the size of it. Mm. Is there anything else that you find slightly uh, overwhelming or a little bit challenging? Or... Um, I would say painting day -day. new new cities is always a challenge because you don't sure. quite know where to begin. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm, I'm really comfortable with London. Yes. Because I love painting it so much. Mm. I have studied it so much. But if you bring in a new city it's sort of a bit daunting yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, totally and totally. getting all of the the imagery right and and just mm. making sure it looks like where it's supposed to look mm. like that can be a challenge so yeah well, i was gonna say do you do you keep so obviously that you have a lot of iconic um landmarks in your work but you've also got those really iconic there's buses and taxis mm. that are very iconic of london do you um always keep them the correct colour I say correct in quotes are the buses always red and the taxis always they black are now <laughs> they are now yeah. but you're reminding me when I first sort of um, started painting and sort of started out with my publishers especially yeah. um, I did go I did do a lot of different coloured buses Ooh, actually and there's fun. one picture I remember um, which is just uh, a long thin one 24 by 48 inch yeah. canvas with just I think there were six buses and um, sort of coming at you as if they're yeah. sort of driving towards you yeah, and they were yeah. all different colours so they were all 
Colours of the Rainbow. That. And actually, you've just reminded me of that. But that was really good fun to do, actually. Yeah. But I don't do that as much yeah. anymore. Okay, so this is something I struggle with. How do you know when a painting is finished? If you had, um, if I had paintings on the walls now, there would always, you can't mm. necessarily sit back and go, oh, that's a really nice painting. Because there's oh, always so a little, hard. there's always something there mm -hmm. that you think, oh, could have just done that. Or I yeah. could put a little bit more colour there. Mm -hmm. But it, it can almost... I really have to try and not um, fill it too much with busyness. You do have to yeah. once it's once it looks how it was supposed to in your head. Then mm -hmm. I have to put down the brushes and yeah. say that's enough. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Step yeah. away because there have been times where I've gone to do like a final sort of splat and it's completely ruined the picture and I've God. had to ruin the whole picture. Oh, so there, there have been times and I have learned from that and. Now I just have to, less is more sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that comes with, you know, practice and just knowing when it's time to yeah. stop. Yeah, 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 for sure. You mentioned like about kind of the painting in your head once it looks like it looks in your head. Does it often, are those two things the same? Because sometimes I start off with an idea of what I'm going to paint and it does not look the same. But does it, is it generally pretty much because you know your work so much now and you're yeah, familiar with it? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much is what, it, yeah. what you're imagining. yeah. That's yeah. very clever, that process of knowing what... Well, I think it is just... It has just taken time. Yeah, yeah sure. I've been doing this, I think, nearly 10 years. I've been with my publishers very soon. So yeah. it's... Um, it has, it's all just practice, mm -hmm. really. And you can just visualise it so much. Yeah, better. yeah. Okay, so we mentioned that these pieces are very personal to you. London is such a familiar place to you and you love it. Is it really hard to part with your work? I mean, I'm noticing now, I'm in Sam's beautiful house and there is... <laughs> lots of wonderful pieces of hers on the wall so you do keep some of them, I do keep some of them yes. <laughs> um, is it difficult to part with them it it can be yes and no there are it's it can be difficult because every single piece um contains like a little bit of you totally. and that sounds really cliche no I've said it before but it but, really does yeah and um you take so long on a painting mm. that you're putting so much effort and time into it that parting with it can be a little bit like oh but yeah, yeah. on the other side knowing that it's going to go to a home that hopefully mm. someone really loves it oh or God, go into absolutely. a gallery where other people are going to be able to view it mm -hmm. that does make it better yes so um and it's always like you're sending a little piece of yourself into exactly, the exactly yeah your ethos, so like, it is it, yeah yeah it's yeah it's yeah. rewarding as much as it is slightly different exactly posting. yeah but there have been ones where i have really <clears throat> really struggled to mm. um to send them off and uh yeah but i, I just don't have enough room in my house <laughs> i just i couldn't keep them all so yeah it does. I totally totally get what you're saying so you walk into a studio um, in the morning, you're about to start a day's painting. Uh, what's going through your mind? Are you thinking about the work you're going to be doing or are you like me where you listen to podcasts because your mind wanders and you get distracted? My mind totally <laughs> wanders. Okay. Totally. I get... When I start a painting... Um, Although I have an idea of what it's going to look like, mm -hmm. you can just totally lose yourself. Yes. And it's almost the, the same sort of thing as when, you know when you're driving down the road and you get to your destination, but you have no idea how you got there because you've just had your head in the clouds the whole time. Totally. And then you can't find your way home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly the same. Exactly the same situation. I could be painting and then two hours later, I'm suddenly, I'm suddenly... You know, I've, I've, I've done you loads of my so painting. Far, you're like, yeah. yeah, and I think, how, mm -hmm. how do I even get there? And it's just, it's almost like a form of meditation. You're on autopilot as well, I guess, too. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. nice, because um, it is like a form of meditation. You just get to 
be calm and mm-hmm. not really focus on anything mm-hmm. really. Yeah. But sometimes I do listen to the radio. Sometimes I listen to um, talk radio, and that's good again because you can just lose yourself mm-hmm. in the conversations. Um, depends what mood I'm in really. Yeah. Whether yeah, it's yeah. whether I'm completely silent or there's music or yeah. talk radio. Yeah. There's no sort of particular one that I listen to. Used, I yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's as as well because because it's so. Um, it's so uh, inbuilt in you, like it's so instinctual that I guess you're kind of doing it and you can almost do other things or think about other things and, and those kind of inform the work as well because you're, it's so natural to you, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, so I totally agree. Do, yeah. do you, so you, do you listen to, you listen to the radio, do you listen to music? Does that impact your work? What music you're listening to? Um, <laughs> maybe if I'm in a particularly happy, like, you know, sometimes you just have those really energetic days. Yes. If I'm listening totally. to music like that, then sometimes <clears throat> it can maybe be, a, my painting could be a little bit madder. Wild. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a little bit because there's been a dancing going on there. Yeah, Who yeah, knows? Yeah, sure. But, um, no, most of the time, most of the time, I would say it. Oh, it's sort of talk radio. I would yeah, say yeah, most yeah, of yeah, the time, yeah. um, or or silence, which is a bit boring. But I, I, it does mean that I can just drift away. No, which I, I love. Totally get that. I I often find as well, like if I'm doing something where I'm like a bit unsure, which is like I I'm trying to decide some colours, or I'm like I don't quite know how to. I need silence. Like that, I, I yeah, can't. I totally agree. And, and it's a weird concentrated thing because you wouldn't think. That yeah, it was like yeah. That. I no, I totally agree yeah. with that. Yeah, I yeah, really yeah. agree. Yeah. Okay, so Sam, where can people contact you and follow what you're up to um, and what you're doing and see your work? So, uh, if you go on to De Montfort Fine Arts website, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of information there about me. You can find um, my events where I will be going to and um, doing meet and greet events. Mm-hmm. Um, and also my social media, which is Samantha Ellis Artist. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. So, I can vouch for the fact that her Instagram is so funny. <laughs> I love it. She's so down to earth and wonderful. Um, Sam, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Isn't she absolutely wonderful? I have known Sam for a while and she is like sunshine to talk to and her work is so beautiful. Definitely go and check it out. Before I go, I wanted to mention that the Lee Krasner Living Colour um, exhibition is now open at the Barbican and I encourage everybody to see it. It was a truly bold and thoughtful presentation on a female artist that has somewhat been overlooked in Europe. Um, so yes, visit the Barbican to find out more details on that. Definitely go and see it. It is fantastic. That is all we've got time for. Thank you so much for listening to Art Then and Now with me, Anna Gammons. For any of the images discussed on this week's show or to contact the show, please visit the Facebook site at the Art Then and Now show. Thank you very much, Claire, for your audio engineering skills and see you next week at 3.30 on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is the art of listening. Resonance 104.4 FM. The art of listening.